Let's get into it, man. We're back. It's the Detroiter. We got a big game. Big fucking game this weekend. We're talking Michigan. We're talking Purdue. We've got another uh-huh, uh-huh, decent-sized game. I don't know if I want to call it big. I'm not even sure, to be honest with you. I hate that I'm saying this. I'm not totally sure I want to even call it a medium-sized game. It's a game. It's bigger than a small game. Um, is it a medium-sized game? It's the Lions. It's the Jaguars. I don't know. You know, like the Lions now, it felt so fucking good coming into Thanksgiving, right? And if you missed it, go back, listen to the Wednesday episode. We rehashed what went down on Thanksgiving, and it felt so fucking good. Felt like this thing was moving in the right direction, and I still think it is. I don't think the loss to Buffalo really changed anything long-term, but it felt in the short-term like we are fucking moving. It didn't seem great. Starting November, we were a long shot to make the playoff. Everybody was kind of like, all right, let's circle the wagons, park the bus, call it a call it a season and uh, see what shakes out in the draft. And then we went on a three-game run in November. We go into Thanksgiving, chance to make it four, and a chance to make this season, forget the future, really fucking interesting. And it fell apart, you know. At the end of that Buffalo game, we were there. We had it. We lost it. Way she goes. But now it puts us in a bit of a precarious position this season. Obviously, from the Lions' perspective, it's fucking pro sports. They're going to try and win every single game that they play. So it's not like that's going to change. But from the fan perspective now, it's a little different. I don't know if there's been more of a rally cry or like more engagement, at least from my perspective. Now, I wasn't in Detroit for the game. I didn't go to the game against Buffalo. I wasn't tailgating, none of that. But just on the internet, um, amongst my friends, amongst my family, like Lions fans, the people in my life, that I know care about the Lions, and I know we're fired up week one to see what this team was about. It didn't feel like there was as much excitement in the last few years, to be totally honest, as there was for that Buffalo game on Thursday. Like, uh, it was fucking palpable. Even on the internet, just scrolling through Twitter, like, you could feel all of a sudden Lions fans were fucking ignited. We were ready for that game. We knew who we had coming in. We knew what Buffalo was. We knew who they had playing quarterback, what they were capable of, and what they're probably going to end up doing this season. We knew everything. We wanted the fucking smoke. We wanted Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and that offense to come into four field and try and work with the most crowded fucking the crowd <laughs> got my words jumbled that that Ford Field seen since 2011. We wanted the smoke. There was nobody running around going, fuck, man. We had a good three weeks, but we got to play Buffalo now. Like, ah, that was fun. It sucks. There was no negative Nancys on the timeline, at least not that I saw. And you guys know, I like to be the positive guy. I cannot stand, especially when it comes to the Detroit Lions. I cannot stand the people who do the whole, oh, we've already lost. It's never going to be good. Why are they even trying routine with the Lions? Just because they're the Detroit Lions. Like, guys, just because we've been bad forever doesn't mean we're going to be bad forever. The fucking Cubs won a World Series. I can't stand that mentality. It drives me crazy. So, you know, when I started doing this and I started, I guess, working toward, working towards building a platform as it relates to Detroit sports and stuff like that, I was like, I'm not going to be one of those fucking losers. But you know what's crazy? I didn't see any of that. I didn't feel any of that. And you felt week one, we played the Eagles week one. I think people were pretty excited. I think the fan base as a whole was pretty excited. We're coming off hard knocks. Everybody's kind of drinking the Kool-Aid. We're talking about Aiden Hutchinson, fucking Deuce Staley and Aaron Glenn are going at each other's throats. Dan Campbell's saying, God knows what Aiden Hutchinson's hitting the Billy Jean is not my lover. Like we were there. We were there. Same deal. My friends, my family members, the people in my life that care about the Lions, people were fucking there. It wasn't like the year before with Patricia. It wasn't like, the, I mean, excuse me, the year before of Dan Campbell, year one. It wasn't like before that with Patricia. The start of this season, it felt like there was a palpable excitement. And again, you know, Hard Knocks probably goosed us up a little bit. Year two, you get a rookie like Aiden Hutchinson. We kept hearing about the offensive line. We've got some exciting players. Amon Ra, DeAndre Swift. 
fucking DJ Chark, TJ Hawkinson. We have some guys offensively. And then on defense, you add Hutchinson. You see how Aaron Glenn coaches, and they're going at it. Malcolm Rodriguez, all we heard about him in camp. Jeff Okudo, big comeback season. Like, there was a lot of positive momentum. And people love to do the whole, in hindsight, like, why'd you think this was going to change? Why'd you think this was going to change? What you thought, you really thought in year two it was going to change? Which, admittedly, I said it before the season. I didn't think this year was going to be, here come the 11-win Detroit Lions hosting a playoff game. No. I thought this season, the max, like the peak of this season would have been, all right, we we get a wild card spot. Like this team maxed out, reaching their absolute full potential. They make a wild card spot. That's where I was at. But here's the thing. It's human nature. You watch how four episodes, four hours worth of Detroit Lions propaganda all you're reading is Aiden Hutchinson this, Malcolm Rodriguez that, Jeff Okuda the other thing. And you come from a starved fucking place as a Detroit Lions fan. It's human nature to want to buy in, to want to get excited, to want to believe. That's the other part that I'll never understand about the SOL people. Like, I understand the SOL when Buffalo wins that game. As soon as the clock hits zeros, I understand the SOL. Because that is it. same old lines. That game was same old lines. That ending was same old lines. I get the SOL in that moment. But the people who either going into that game or the people that might be carrying it over this week into Jacksonville, if you're doing the SOL routine again, that's where I that's where you lose me. That's where it's like, what are you doing, dude? That doesn't make any sense for two reasons. Again, like I said, Last week has nothing to do with this week. Why are we already, you just want to fucking roll it up and call it a loss before they even play a snap. And the other thing, you're a person. You go about life just assuming the worst. You go into everything you do like, this is probably going to suck. Is that this meal? Uh, this Chipotle is probably going to taste horrible. Oh, it's my kid's birthday. It's probably going to be the worst birthday ever. Like, is that what you do in everything? If you're doing that with your so-called favorite team, in a time where they're young, they're still up and coming, they're clearly still building. And if, you know, now more than ever, probably need positive support and need people to be patient and kind of stay the course with them. You're doing the, we stink. It's never going to be good routine for this. What do you do a positive routine for? Like, is that your life? Are you just an SOL person? That's what I really don't understand. So while the expectation for this year never was, hey, the Lions look out, we're, you know, we're loaded. We're going to win 11 games, make the playoffs, probably win one of them too. Like this team's different. It's going to be great. That was never the expectation. I do think it's fair that myself included, people coming in were pretty excited, pretty jazzed. If nothing else, to at least just see the improvements we've made, see what we have in guys like Hutchinson, Okuda, Rodriguez, DeAndre Swift, Amon Ra, can he repeat what he did last year? Just see what we have. See how a Dan Campbell team in year two, after a fucking depressing year one, see what these guys got. See if improvements have been made. See if Dan Campbell talking about biting knees and crying and saying man every other time. See if that stuff, it doesn't seem like it'll translate. He's not scheming up an offense saying, man, I love you guys, man. That's not going to get you in the end zone schematically. But let's see if it translates. Let's see if it works. Let's see if one offseason, one full year of him being there, instilling his culture, getting to know these guys and kind of mold the way that they're going to play, the ethos they're going to have with them. Let's see if it makes a difference year to year. Let's see if there's an improvement. Let's see if this team is more competitive, if they have gotten better, if we can then now go at a point like, I don't know, December 2nd, 2022. Can we take a, at a moment like this, can we go, hey, you know, it has gotten better. This offensive line is pretty good. Jared Goff is much better than he was last year. The defense has improved. Still a long way to go, but it has improved. And we got five picks in the top 65 and I believe $90 million and cap space this offseason. That's what this season was about. And like I said off the top, in the long run, we are we're we're par for the course. We're steady. We're going the right way. Like I, if there's a Lions fan out there right now who whether it's just cuz we're 4 and 7 overall this year or the fact that we lost that game to Buffalo the way that we did. And again, I don't want to act like 
oh, Dan Campbell's done nothing wrong all season long. You know, the Minnesota game. It's a bad loss. It's on you, Dan Campbell. Even though the Seahawks apparently are good. That's a tough, that's a tough way to lose. Giving up 45 or 48 or whatever it is, the Geno Smith. Like that's not going to win the hearts and the minds of the people of Detroit. It's just not. So I'm not saying Dan Campbell is scot-free and he's done a perfect job. Nobody has. Look at the Patriots with Bill Belichick. They're fucking garbage. They're in turmoil with maybe the greatest coach who's ever done it. The thing I want to get across, or at least, you know, if you're listening and you, you're one of those people, you're listening to me talk and you're like, I kind of don't feel too great about the cats. Why though? You know what I mean? Why? Because they have shown improvement. We got to four wins. We never got to four wins last year and there's six games left. We're at four wins already. Guys like Jared Goff are just better. Aiden Hutchinson was a good pick. Jeff Okuda was way better. Granted, he didn't play, but he's been the best he's ever been as a Detroit Lion. Malcolm Rodriguez, great pick. As James Houston bursts on the scene last week, fucking seems like we might have something. Amon Ra, yep, he is that guy. He backed it up. Oh, and by the way, our other first-round pick, Jamison Williams, still hasn't played a snap. Like, it is going the right way in the long term, and I will be amped for next year. But where I'm at now is a little in between for this year. Like, it's tough to, coming off that Buffalo loss, it's tough to, to rise to that same level. And I think it'll be interesting because I'm sure it's the same deal within the team. Like as a fan, like I said, week one, people were excited. We played the Eagles close. Vibes were pretty high. Going into week two, I think vibes were still fairly high because you played the Eagles close. Everybody knew the Eagles would be good. Turns out they were. They're 10-1 and one right now. You go win in Washington. We're 1-1. One and one. All right, the one team you lost to, the Eagles, they're going to be great this year. You lost to them by three. It was a hell of a comeback. Then you go into Minnesota. I think if you win that Minnesota game on the road in week three, who knows? The season might be different. We might be six, seven win team right now. I, I don't know. Obviously, fucking it's a fake reality. It shit doesn't exist. But if you win that, that game on the road in Minnesota, who knows where we're at? We might be in a wild card spot right now. We might be in a scenario where, all right, fuck, we lost the Buffalo, but that's a road bump. We can't even, we're in a position where we can't look at that Buffalo game as anything more than a road bump. Me right now, there is nothing to dissect. There would be nothing to talk about. Well, where are we at? How do we feel? Because that Buffalo loss, we had the momentum and then we lost. That, that conversation wouldn't even exist. You win that game in Minnesota in week three, I think there's a fair chance that we're in a position now, six, seven, I don't know, I don't know, eight wins, where we talk about Buffalo and we go, yeah, you lost to a good team. Who fucking cares? You need to beat Jacksonville. I think that that is an alternate universe, that that does exist. Oh, Buffalo, you lost at the end of the game on Thanksgiving. You had a bunch of momentum, three straight at home. Okay, you lost the game. No fucking whatever. That shit was a week ago, dude. That does not matter one bit. You got to beat Jacksonville this week. We're trying to make the fucking playoffs here. Nobody's got time to worry about what happened last week. We're going to talk about what happened in the last game. We're going to spend more than 60 seconds thinking about what happened in the past. We got a game this week. We're trying to make the fucking playoffs. I don't care if it's Jacksonville. I don't care if it was the Eagles again. We're going to talk about what Buffalo. Buffalo, that game was in November. It's December right now. We're playing the Jaguars. We got to win this fucking game to make a playoff spot. I think that there is an alternate universe, and it's not that far off from where we are right now where that's the conversation. But they lost that game against Minnesota. We are 4-7. and And now when we talk about the Buffalo loss on Thanksgiving, it's like, shit, dude. We had that momentum. If we won that game, we're five and six instead of four and seven. We're still not in the wild card, but we are much firmer in the picture, right? We are much closer to grasping a potential wild card spot down the road. Four wins in a row. The vibes are probably higher. We have all of the momentum. Forget the world. We've got all the momentum in the fucking universe, dude. The Detroit Lions would go through Thanos. That's the conversation that we have now is it's like, damn, but it would, but we lost, 
but that didn't happen. And now we got to play Jacksonville, but we're still talking about Buffalo. It's interesting. It's interesting because, you know, win, you know, win the game Sunday, go play Jacksonville, fucking beat them by a thousand. If you can win the game and then we'll worry about Minnesota the next week. And then hopefully you beat them. And then we'll worry about the jets and hopefully you beat them. And then we'll worry about the Panthers. And then hopefully you beat them. We'll worry about the bears beat them. We'll worry about the Packers. Like that's kind of what it had. That's where it's at now. It went from, if you, if they win that game against the bills, I think everybody, obviously, I mean, there were, like I just said, there was more momentum around the Detroit Lions than I've seen in years going into that Thanksgiving game against Buffalo. If they beat Buffalo Thursday, same, run it back until the team loses. More momentum for the Detroit Lions going into this Jags game. It would be at Ford Field again, or it is going to be at Ford Field again. There'd be more momentum going into this Jags game than anything I've felt as a Detroit Lions fan since I was... Maybe, maybe, I don't know if college is even like high school, maybe a year of college, honest to God, like that's how electric the fan base would be. And if that's how the fan base is feeling, how do you think the guys in Allen Park feel? That team, they beat Buffalo. The team would be feeling like we could beat anybody. The team would be feeling like we could play 11 on 22 and we'd somehow find a way to win the fucking game. That's how the team would be feeling. But now you take a step back, a little bit of the momentum has worn off. Um, I think the momentum was crucial as far as just getting people to kind of like, all right, relax. Like people were pissed. Before we beat the Bears, people were pissed. Like we were what, one in six? One in six going into that Bears game. People were not happy. Like, damn, this is... This isn't better, really. This isn't much better than last year. We're one at six. I get we've been more competitive. I get the offense has been better. I get you've lost some tough games. I understand. You're still one and six. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care that the Cowboys get or the Dolphins game was close. I don't care that the fucking Seahawks game, the Vikings game, the Eagles game. I don't care that they were really close. You're one and six. People, I think, were starting to panic a little bit. People were starting to get a little disgruntled with Dan Campbell. And you know, while I won't ever, well, not ever, but at that point, I would have never agreed with anybody who was like, we got to get rid of him. That's crazy talk. To an extent, people who were starting to question Dan Campbell starting to go, we sure, we totally sure about this guy. I mean, can you blame him? It's year two. We're one in six. We supposedly, again, no one was saying we're going to win 11 games, but we supposedly got, you know, considerably better. And it probably worked against the staff and the team, the fact that everybody was buzzing off hard knocks. But can you blame them? I mean, you were one in six. So I think even if it doesn't end up leading to the Lions somehow sneaking into a wild card spot, which I hate to say it, but it probably won't. The odds are stacked very heavily against us. And there are fucking a lot of good teams in the NFC, dude. The NFC East alone might just have all of the playoff teams. Are they – how many – three wildcard teams is it? Is it? Is it three wildcard or two wildcard? I can't. I can't remember. Regardless, the NFC East may have – I think it's three wildcard. The NFC East may have every single playoff team in the NFC. That's how good they are. And then it's like the Seahawks and anybody's game after that. While the odds are stacked against us to make the playoffs – you know, it's not impossible, right? Like I just said, we'll see. We'll let's play the Jaguars this week, see how everyone else does, and then we'll worry about the Vikings and so on and so forth. I think that stretch that we had in November was massive just for, like, cooling off the fan base. Just everybody fucking take a deep breath. Like, we're capable of winning some games. They're doing some stuff that hasn't been done for a few years. They won their first road game. They won another road game. Right, they're winning. I can't remember the stats now, but after they beat the Bears and then after they beat the Giants at the Meadowlands, there were a couple stats where it's like Dan Campbell wins a game as a head coach or wins a game as the Lions head coach hasn't been done since 2000. Like there were some stats where it's like, oh shit, dude, we we got two wins, we got three wins, 
and Dan Campbell is getting stats that people haven't done in Detroit for 20 something years. Like, all right, everybody pump the brakes. Yep. All right. We lost the Buffalo is a shitty ending. Okay. Wasn't Dan Campbell's fault. We addressed that in Wednesday's episode, but everybody pump the brakes. Like we, it's okay. It's okay. This year may not be the year, but did anybody ever think it was? And you probably shouldn't have, if you did, it's okay. We're moving the right direction. Let me take a sip of water. God damn it, dude. Water's so fucking good. Um, now it's just, we'll see as you go, right? See as you go. I still disagree with anybody who at this juncture, I disagreed. Listen, I disagreed with them at the time, but I certainly still disagree with anybody at this juncture who's like, lose and let's get a better pick. I just, you're not going to get the number one pick with our own. Our only hope at the number one pick is the uh, LA Rams which they're doing a pretty fucking good job, dude. Listen, Stafford, he was such a good sport about getting traded. Went to LA, got his Super Bowl. Stafford is doing us a fucking favor. I think he's got a concussion or his hand is injured or something, but he's doing everything in his power to make sure the LA Rams get us the second overall pick. I mean, fucking God bless Matthew Stafford. He couldn't get, get he couldn't get the Lions a Super Bowl. So now he's doing everything he can to get us the number one, number two, number three overall pick. Fucking love that guy, man. Always did, always will. God damn, Matthew Stafford, forever a lion. Don't worry about our pick. You want to worry about getting a top three pick, keep your eye on the LA Rams. Anybody who wants the Lions to lose, if you're sitting there Sunday going, fucking let's go, Trevor Lawrence, beat us. I want that pick. You're just you're wrong. I hate you're wrong. uh, You're wrong. What did I just say? Those wins. Yeah, they may not translate to us making the playoffs. They might. First off, they might. I mean, you go five and one in these last six. Fuck, dude. You go four and two. You never know what will happen. You go four and two in these last six. You never know what that'll yield. You really don't. Is it, is it likely? Probably not. It definitely would be difficult, but you never know what's going to happen. So yeah, beat the Jaguars and then beat the Vikings and then beat the Jack. meet all these teams. So you can hopefully make the playoffs. Absolutely. But on the flip side, you're, you're not, even if we lost every game, the rest of the way out four wins, isn't getting us the first overall pick. I'll tell you that right now. And again, by the way, this team isn't bad enough as they've shown this team isn't bad enough to lose the next six games. So it's just not going to happen regardless. So there's no sense in thinking that way. But now we're at the point where I think the fan base, it's kind of an interesting spot because I think the fan base and probably the team are in a similar state of mind. Like last year as the season was dragging along and we were 0-8, 0-9, I think probably by 0-4, 0-5, a lot of people checked out. Like Lions fans, you kind of went from, all right, I got to be in front of the TV Sunday at 1 p.m. to uh, I'll check the game on my phone at like 6 o'clock. I think that like week four, week five, everybody kind of got to that point where it's like, what am I doing setting the alarm to make sure I watch the Lions game? We haven't won a game and it's week seven, right? That it came pretty early last year where the fans and the guys, you know, you're playing the game. You're it's your fucking job. The team, the team and the fans kind of disconnected pretty early last year. I think it's interesting because at this point, I think we're in similar spots. I think the guys on the team probably still are like, let's win the last six. We already know we can beat Minnesota. We damn near did it. Why can't we beat the Jags, the Panthers, the Jets? We've already beaten the Bears. We've already beaten the Packers. I think the guys on the team are going, dude, fuck it. Let's win the next six. Who gives? We know we can, so let's go out and do it. Where they're fired up, they're locked in. Maybe they're not quite feeling the same way they felt about Buffalo, but I'd I'd be willing to bet the people in the locker room are feeling pretty good about what they've done this year and what the potential remains for them to do. And I think the fans are in a very similar position where, yeah, we were fucking amped up, 12 out of 10, juiced for that Buffalo game. All right, you lost, setback, ah. Ah, hurts. But I do still think people will be like, all right, now let's go beat the Jags. It's not going to be as locked in. You're not going to be as excited, 
right? The, the wildfire won't be spreading quite as much on Twitter or in your group chats or whatever it is for sure. But I still think people in the fan base are going to tune in Sunday. Like, all right, let's see. Not only to, you know, can they win? Like, I don't fucking know, dude. Sports are crazy. Leicester city won the premier league. Can they win the next six? Can they win five? Can they win? I don't know. Can they win four? Let's see. I think people are going to be locked in to see what happens the rest of this one. I think people are going to be locked in just to see how they bounce back after a loss like that Buffalo game. And I think people are going to be locked in just because the Lions have done a good enough job to this point, which is, this is kind of sad to say, I mean, we're four and seven and the Lions have done a good enough job to this point where I think people are interested in the team. Like they're interested to see what we got. I think people want to see what Aiden Hutchinson does this week. I think people want to tune in and see what the offensive line and DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams and company can do this week. I think people want to tune in and see how Jared Goff plays. Every week for Jared Goff is like on the resume now where it's, listen, dude, the Rams are going to get us a high pick. We got a fuck ton of money. We can either go get a guy like Lamar Jackson, who was apparently riding scooters around downtown this week, supposedly. Supposedly, we can either go get a guy like him, or we can maybe draft a C.J. Stroud or a Bryce Young. So, Jared, every single week for you, is an audition. I think there are people who are going to want to tune in and say, let's see what the defense is. Defense was great in the month of November. So much fucking better than it's been for years. Let's see what they do this week. Like everybody, yeah, maybe people are like, hey, you know, it's unlikely we make the playoffs, but hey, they could maybe do it. They could maybe find a way. Sports are wild. But above all else, people are at the point where it's, all right, this team's captivated me enough. This team has enough going for it. They've done enough good things this year where Jamison Williams is hopefully going to come back. I don't think he's playing against the Jags this week. Maybe next week against the Vikings. We've got a bunch of young talent. We've got a bunch of guys that are beautiful building blocks moving forward. We now kind of think we can trust Brad Holmes, which I believe you definitely can. We now are kind of Dan Campbell. All right, you know, it started to work for a little bit. Let's see now, Dan. Like, People, I think, are interested in this Lions team. It's not quite what it was against the Bills where it was a little feverish there for a second. I mean, if the Lions would have won that game, fucking A, man. I can't even imagine. I cannot even imagine the energy surrounding the team. But now it's, instead of the stark drop-off, or even earlier this season, after they lost that game to the Seahawks, it was like, fucking and then they lost the Pats game, and then they lost the Cowboys game. Like, by the time the Dolphins game rolled around, I I checked out. I don't think I even watched the Dolphins game. Like, I think a lot of people, by the time that Dolphins game rolled around, people were like, oh, all right, so we're just doing the same shit we did last year, right? Then they beat the Packers, then the Bears, then the Giants, and it was like, oh, shit, what's going on? We're playing defense. We're beating teams we don't usually beat. We're beating the Packers. We're winning games on the road. We beat a playoff team in the Giants. What is going on? I think that has earned people's attention. Maybe not the rest of the way. I mean, you lose four, the next four people will fall off by week 16. But I think that has earned people's attention for this week against the Jaguars. And I think people will be optimistic. Um, I think people will be excited. I think Ford Field will probably be sold out again. I think there will be a great energy in there. And listen, I know four and seven isn't anything crazy. You beat again, you beat the Jaguars. Five and seven certainly isn't anything crazy either. But you win the game, you go to five and seven. We got Minnesota coming to Detroit the week after. There will be a little bit of a rallying cry again because then it goes, all right, beat Minnesota this week. You just beat a very good fucking team. You're six and seven. You can work with six and seven late in the year. Then we play the Jets. I know the Jets have been better, but it's the fucking Jets. Like we're, we're, we're on like a seesaw here. And this Jaguars game, while it may feel a little bit meaningless, I do think has some meaning to it. I do think you win the Jags game, all that momentum that it feels like we may have lost against Buffalo, I don't think you lost all of it. You lost some of it, but you beat the Jags this week. I think you, there'll be a little bit of a feeling of like throwing a throwing a fucking, what's the analogy I'm going for? Where you throw a little a lit match into a gasoline pile, I don't even know. You know what the analogy is when you're hungover and then you have like one mimosa and you're fucked up again. That's what it'll be. It feels like you're hungover right now. It feels bad. You beat the Jaguars. That's the mimosa down the hatch. We are going to be wasted going into the Minnesota game. So I'm excited to see what the cats got in store this season. Whatever happens, 
just because of the month of November, this season's been so much fucking better than last year. It's it's a, it's a refreshing thing. It's a refreshing thing. Winning greater than sign losing. Quick break. We'll talk Michigan, Purdue, Big Ten Championship. Michigan, Purdue, Lucas Oil Stadium, Joel Clack, Gus Johnson. Hey, way go. I can't really. I wish I could do a better Gus Johnson impression. I swear there was a time in my life. I don't know how long ago, like, I don't know, college maybe. I swear there was a time in my life where I was damn good at impressions. And I don't know. I've just kind of lost it. I guess I stopped doing them. And here we go, partner. To the 20, to the 10. I don't even know. I can't do it. I feel like Gus Johnson, though, his voice is so in the, like, his cadence and just the way he says things is so ridiculous and unique that it should be a pretty easy impression to not master, but like, you know, kind of get there. And I'm just, I feel like I should just say it once and I'd be like, oh, shit. This guy, I'm listening to Gus Johnson's podcast. No, no, dude, you're not. It's called the Detroiter. I'm Nick Bradley. I'm your host. I'm just that fucking good at impressions. And Gus Johnson's voice is that fucking easy to imitate. That's all it is. Here we go. There's the man, the fraud, the scumbag, Jim Harbaugh. That was pretty good. I have to address this real fast. I do. And I don't want to spend much time on it because goddamn, my fucking Twitter feed, all of it, all day, TikTok, you name it, all of it, all day was this Jim Har- Harbaugh, Mozzie Smith stuff. I had to speak out on it, naturally. I'm a Michigan State guy. Um, and when I see bullshit, when I see irony, when I see someone that behaves and does things in a fraudulent manner, when it has something to do with one of the things I care the most about in the world, Michigan State, I'm going to say something. So here's the thing. And I don't care. You can agree with me. You can disagree with me. I don't care if you disagreeing with me is the reason you turn the podcast off. And listen, I used to really like you, man, but you're just, you lost me here. I can't, I can't follow anymore. Listen, man, I you usually have pretty good takes, but I got to unfollow. I, okay, dude, I don't fucking care. I don't fucking care. I don't think that's the case. I think most of the people here are pretty, I don't know. I don't fans the word. I feel, I feel weird using that word, but enjoy what I do kind of have a pulse of like how I actually think who I actually am, what I say. And I've said it before. I'll say it again. A lot of the shit I do when I do these 60 second TikTok videos, I put them on Twitter, wherever a lot of it. Absolutely. I'm overdoing it a bit because like I've said before, if I went on there and spoke for 60 seconds how I'm speaking now. Like I'm just having a conversation with you. Totally normal, laid back, fucking one leg crossed over the other, wearing a turtleneck. If I went on and made my videos like this, um, none of you would be here. None of you would ever have ever heard of me. None of you would ever discover me moving forward. None of you would even know that I, that I had a podcast. None of you would know that I ever made t-shirts. Um, I probably would have quit by now. All of those things are probably true. Okay? So, yeah, dude, when I make the little 60-second video, and, yeah, when I know it's an extremely hot topic, like Jim Harbaugh being a complete fucking fraud, yeah, I'm going to be pretty emotional. Yeah, I'm going to be pretty fired up. Yes, I'm going to have a little venom to me in those videos, because if I went on and go, listen, listen, guys, I don't want to ruffle any feathers, but I really disagree with, I'd have 20 people that viewed it. And it's not all about the views, but they're important. And from my perspective, which again, I've said before, but I'll say again, I would like something like this, a mixture of this, um, the shirts, the brand I run the second string, maybe something more unsports related like comedy, just general comedy type stuff. I would like this to be the way that I make money at some point, something that I care about, something that interests me, something that entertains me, something that I'm like, all right, sick. I get to fucking sit down and talk about the Michigan state Michigan game today. Oh, sweet dude. I get to talk about the lions. Got a chance to win four straight against Buffalo on Thanksgiving. Let's fucking go. I'd like that to be the way I get paid someday. Unfortunately, no matter how good I am at this, 
or how nice of a guy I'd come across as in those TikToks being all mellowed and relaxed. Unfortunately, to make that a reality, to get paid for podcasting, to get people to notice that I make fucking gasoline, Detroit, Michigan, Michigan State, now Phillies, I'm working on a USC design. I make gasoline sportswear. I'm starting to work, build out the streetwear a little bit for people to know that that exists and in turn buy them and in turn afford me a way to pay rent and buy food. For all of that to happen, it's a sick world we live in, but it is what it is. I need to get views. I need people to stumble upon that rant about Jim Harbaugh. I need people to see that, oh, he has a podcast. I need people to notice, oh, what? The second string.com, what's that? I need people to see what it is that I do in order to build these things that hopefully one day can pay my bills. I feel like that makes sense. Um, maybe people are out there that are like, fuck you, dude, you want clout. I don't really care about clout or being famous or, oh man, you're the guy who did. I don't really give a shit about any of that. I just want to make enough money that I can pay rent and eat food doing something I enjoy and I'm interested in. That's, that's pretty much where it ends for me. Now, the thing I enjoy is talking about sports, making jokes, making cool shirts for those things to be successful. You need eyeballs, which in turn, Oh, you need clout. Yeah, I guess I'd need people to see it. So then people can listen. So then people can see the shirts so then I can buy bread and make a fucking Turkey sandwich. Yes. That is the order of operations. So yes, I am. I do dress it up a little bit. I mean, like I said, the people that are here, like, you know, better than anybody. Um, and you've seen both. A lot of you, most of you probably discovered this because of the TikToks or whatnot, Twitter, whatever it is. And I am way more laid back and just like conversational on here, which is what I want to do. I don't want to fucking do. I'd, I'd be dead. <laughs> I'd be dead by now. I don't want to come on here and run my mouth for 60 minutes like I do for 60 seconds on the TikToks. I don't, that's not even, that doesn't sound fun remotely. That's not even sustainable physically. I don't think like I'd be in the doctor's office twice a week if that was the case, but I need to do something to get eyeballs. So yeah, I was pretty heated in those videos. People, obviously a lot of MSU fans liked it. And a lot of Michigan fans didn't like it. Fucking who would have guessed, but here's my thing. I'm sure people here have seen the videos. I just want to say it in a calm and concise manner, and then we'll leave it be. We'll talk Michigan. We'll talk Purdue. We'll talk Big Ten. My problem with the entire situation has nothing to do with the charges, has nothing to do with Mozzie Smith. I honestly don't even really care that Jim Harbaugh played a guy that had a felony charge coming down the pike. I don't really care about any of that. I don't care about Mozzie Smith. He gets to play against Purdue. That's great for him. I hope he gets to play Purdue, play if they have another game, play in the NFL, make a billion dollars. Oh, great. He's 20 years old. He did some dumb shit, drove around with a gun. Shit happens, dude. We've all done stupid stuff. My problem and my only problem, and let me, one other thing. I'm not comparing, oh, Mozzie Smith, what he did was worse or the same as Kari Crump hitting someone with a helmet. I'm not comparing those either. I don't give a fuck what Mozzie Smith did. It has nothing to do with it. My only problem with the entire thing, and the reason I was so upset, is the adults in the situation. Jim Harbaugh, Ward Manuel, that fucking clown John Bacon, the Washtenaw County DA, Eli Savitt, or whatever his name is, that's who my beef is with. And my beef is this. My beef isn't that Jim Harbaugh knew Mozzie Smith got arrested on a felony and kept playing him. My beef is that Jim Harbaugh knew Mozzie Smith got arrested on a felony and kept playing him. And then three weeks later, after that altercation at the big house between MSU and U of M, ran to the microphone. He didn't wait and gather for the facts. He didn't He didn't run up to the microphone and go, let's let the legal process play out. Oh, when it was Mozzie Smith's turn, that's, apparent, that's what he did. 
And then they released a statement today. That's what they are going to do moving forward. He didn't run up to the microphone after MSU and do that. He ran to the microphone after the MSU thing and said, all of those kids should be prosecuted to the full extent of the law. There needs to be accountability. That's what he said, talking about Mel Tucker, talking about the Michigan State program. And in saying that, eight, I believe it was, players for MSU. Kari Krumpf, like I said, no excuse. Um, can't hit people with football helmets. That's fucking psychopath shit. He's, I think, going to go to jail or something. I don't know. He's fucked, though, and rightfully so. But the other seven guys missed the last, I believe, four games, three or four games of the season, just derailing their football careers. Um, Mel Tucker being slandered by major media outlets, certainly being slandered by Michigan fans with a hint of just, eh, would you say that if he wasn't a black dude? I don't know, but let's not get into it. Um, the culture, Michigan State, just, oh, that's what they, that's Michigan State for you. Just Jim Harbaugh running to the microphone and spouting off those inflammatory comments just brought a whole lot of shit on a whole lot of people. Mel Tucker was still on the field. That fight broke out. What the fuck is Mel Tucker supposed to do? He's not Magneto, bro. He can't just move people apart. What the fuck is Mel Tucker supposed to do? Jim Harbaugh. You want to talk about accountability? You want to talk about breeding a culture of, I don't know, criminality? Mel Tucker was on the field when that fight broke out at MSU. Jim Harbaugh called for their heads. Before any charges were even brought, Mel Tucker went ahead, suspended eight of those guys on his own, preemptively. Now, my problem, I'm not defending what happened, what Michigan State did. I'm not defending assaulting people. My problem is that Jim Harbaugh went on this crusade after those eight kids dragging Mel Tucker, dragging Michigan State through the mud, speaking from a moral high ground that just yesterday turned out to be complete horseshit. And this is where people go, oh, you lost me. Listen, I don't really care about Michigan. I don't like spend my days going, how can I chirp Michigan today? I don't fucking care, dude. I'm going to watch the game Saturday. I'm going to be with my friends. I'm going to be like, all right, hopefully it's a good game. Like, I don't fucking care. I really don't. When people try to do the whole I'm better than you thing and attack something I love, and it turns out, oh, wait, you're a fucking piece of shit human being too? Okay, that's when I have a problem. Jim Harbaugh saying all of those things and doing what he did, talking about accountability, Talking about a culture, Mel Tucker on the field when the tunnel break or the fight in the tunnel breaks out, when Jim Harbaugh just played his star nose tackle who has a felony arrest for the fourth straight week. That is the definition of being a hypocrite. That is the definition of being a phony. That is a garbage thing for somebody to do. Forget football. Forget the rivalries. That is a garbage fucking thing for someone to do. Remember how pissed everybody got during COVID? And I hate politics. You want to know why? Because it's all hypocrisy. Because everybody lies. Everybody says, don't do this. And then they run off and fucking do it. That's why I hate politics. But remember how pissed everyone would get during COVID? Don't go outside. You can't see your friends. You can't hang out. Your parents are in the nursing home. You can't see them. You can't travel. Meanwhile, your state's governor the president, the CEO of that company, they're flying around, having dinner with their friends, going on vacation, dancing in the club. Remember how pissed that made everybody? Jim Harbaugh just did the football equivalent of that. Jim Harbaugh said, listen, guys who break the law, we got to have accountability. We need to bring swift punishment to the full extent of the law on them immediately. We can't wait for the facts. We have to do this immediately. Jim Harbaugh said that condescendingly upon MSU, upon Mel Tucker, and was sitting on playing a guy who had a felony assault. If you do stuff like that, I'm going to fucking eviscerate you. My tweet, you throw stones from a glass house, 
brother, I'm going to pull up to your glass house with the entire first infantry that landed on Omaha beach. And we're going to blow that thing to smithereens. The entire point of everything I said on Twitter, TikTok, all those videos was this. I don't care about Mozzie. Hopefully he's good, whatever. I don't care about the charge, not comparing the incidences. Don't care about any of that. Jim Harbaugh, Ward Manuel, the DA, those people are fucking scumbags out here ruining the lives or trying to of multiple MSU athletes for throwing punches in a tunnel while they got a guy who, oh, is, you know, he only started seven games after illegally driving around with a gun. Hypocrisy is a great way to make people hate you. And I don't care. I don't care. Oh, he's a biased MSU fan. Okay, dude. I don't know. This guy attacked my program and was doing the same shit, except worse. Mel Tucker actually suspended them. They came out today and said, eh, well, Mozzie's going to play anyway. <laughs> this guy called us out for accountability. He's just doing nothing about it. What a fucking scumbag. Yeah, I just, I got no place for that. I got no place for that. Um, yeah, I don't know what there is to say. Like, you either get it or you don't. I had Michigan fans just trying to refute it, and I'm like, that's not the point. It's, he's being a hypocrite. I don't. That's why I'm angry. Is he just is two-faced? That's why I'm angry. I don't care. Oh, you're saying assault's worse than a victimless crime. Dude, I don't fucking care, dude. I'm pissed that your head coach is a scumbag phony who acts like he's the virgin fucking Mary. I had to make a video. All right, that's all I got on it. Let's talk about the football game. Um it's so tough, dude. I, 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 sometimes I wish I was a Michigan fan just so I would be more inclined to listen to Michigan content. Cause I said it before I said it, I think before the Illinois game, like, what are they talking about? You know what I mean? What is like inside the winged helmet talking about this week? Right. What is behind the block M? <laughs> Just all the same name. Like, what are Michigan podcasts talking about? What is the most diehard Michigan content person talking about this week? Like, are they going on talking about, oh, shit, if Purdue does this, you know, they might find a way. Oh, shit, I think Purdue... They might expose our weakness here. What are you like? You guys just steamrolled Ohio State. What is there to say? You've got Purdue. Oh, no. Oh, no. Purdue in the Big Ten Championship. Like Michigan, it's going to be the same shit that happened against Iowa last year. Michigan's going to win this game by 20 or more. It's Purdue, bro. It's Purdue. Like I want to talk about it. And I almost feel guilty because I know there is a fair contingency of maybe you guys listening, but of my followers who are Michigan fans and are obviously interested in this game. And I'm sure would like to hear me amongst other people talk about it. I, I don't know what to say though. Like you guys are going to kill Purdue. That's my analysis of the game. They're Purdue. Um, they haven't beaten anybody. Like literally they have not beaten anybody. Who'd they beat? Maryland. Oh, great. They beat Illinois too. Really, really nice. They're fucking Purdue. Their best wins are Maryland and Illinois. Um, you're Michigan. You just stomped Ohio State by 22 at the horseshoe. And you're better at them than at every single position across the board. Um, your coach is far better than them. He's a fucking terrible person, but he's a way better head coach than their head coach. Um, you're probably going to dominate the line of scrimmage offensively. Um, your wide receivers are probably going to be too much for their secondary to handle. Um, let's see, Donovan Edwards coming through the hole will probably be a flash of light, like nothing Purdue's linebackers have ever seen. Uh, JJ McCarthy is a better athlete than any quarterback they've faced this year. Probably get a better arm than all of them too. Um, defensively. Up front, Purdue has never, fucking never even dreamed of facing a defensive line. Good for Mozzie Smith. Gun charge, no problem. Mozzie Smith is going to be like a fucking horror story to Purdue's front three. 
Um, the left tackle, the right tackle, definitely haven't had to deal with a pass rush and the level of defensive end play they're going to see from Michigan. Their running backs probably have not had to deal. Maybe against Iowa. We'll give them some credit. Maybe against Iowa. Maybe. But other than Iowa, their their running backs probably haven't seen a linebacker close up a hole as quickly as Michigan's do. Um, Their wide receivers certainly haven't had a tougher time getting open than they will against DJ Turner and Will Johnson. And I think that pretty much covers it. Brad Robbins is, I think, him and Bryce Berenger are the two best punters in the conference, so you got him there. Jake Moody's probably the best kicker in America. Uh, you got him there. Did I miss anything? Um, I, I feel like that's, you know, that's pretty much it, right? Like Michigan is better than Purdue at quite literally every single facet of the game. So that's why I really want to know. I, I don't do it because, again, I don't really care. But I would really love to know what is it that they're talking about on the on the biggest Michigan fanboy radio station today. What are they talking about? Like, just are they just celebrating? Like, is it just guys sitting around smoking a cigar, going, "Holy fuck, we did it twice! <laughs> Holy shit, we're back to back chance!" And look, they're gonna play the game, and it's for any given Sunday. Anything can happen, right? For sure. Anything can happen, no doubt. I'll be cheering for Purdue. I mean, fucking obviously. I hope it's a good game. I hope Aiden O'Connell has one last trick up its sleeve. But look, I have a hard time rallying behind the team who beat Florida Atlantic by two. Um, the team who lost, lost, lost to Syracuse, lost to Wisconsin, lost to Iowa, beat Northwestern by eight. And, uh, yeah, their best wins are Wisconsin and uh, Maryland. Oh, and – or no, no, their best wins are Maryland and Illinois. Excuse me. I have a hard time rallying behind that team as they move to take on the 12-0 and Michigan Wolverines who just fucking pummeled the Ohio State Buckeyes. I have a hard time doing that. So that's not – like, I said it before the Illinois game, like – is it just, are we already partying on the Michigan stations? Are we already talking about what a season JJ had? What a year from Jim Harbaugh. It's really tremendous that this team was able to do it back to back. All of that's true. It is fucking nuts. I said this Wednesday, forget the big 10 championship. It's fucking nuts that Michigan's even in this position. It's nuts that they went Back to back to Indy. They beat Ohio State twice in a row. That's fucking crazy. They've lost one game in two regular seasons. That's out of control. Good. That's out of control. Good. Is it just the JO party at the Michigan stations? Just everybody gets one. We're all busting nuts today. Like, is that it? Or, or, cause this is the thing. If there are people going, well, I don't know, dude. Purdue's a little tricky. Purdue can do this offensively. And the defense, you know, they call a good game. The defense can do this. Um, Look out for this guy in the passing. Like anybody doing that, I immediately am like, all right, so uh, you're doing the devil's advocate or you're lying. Who in their right mind is going into this game like, we're going to fucking beat Michigan. Purdue's going to win this game. Yes, Purdue fans, and I don't blame you. I hope Purdue fans are going into the game like, yeah, why not us? Let's fucking fuck Michigan, dude. Let's win one. I hope that is the mentality of Purdue fans because you're a Purdue fan. You should be. You should be positive. You should support them. You should go in with a positive mentality. But anybody who didn't go to the University of Purdue or doesn't consider themselves a big fan, how in God's name, seriously, are any of you like, I think Purdue will win? (laughs) I think you think it's going to snow in Hawaii tomorrow. Sorry, more water. Ate a whole bunch of goldfish before this. So got a lot of salt in the mouth and then talking just like makes it worse. But you think it'll be 80 and sunny in Michigan? Oh, you think Purdue's going to go win the game? There's going to be a lot more Michigan fans there. Um, They have a lot better team. At every single position. Like, it's not like, well, Michigan's got the run game going 
And I like Michigan State. No, no, it's Michigan's better at literally every single part of the game. And and this is the fucked part. This is the fucked part. Like the one saving grace would maybe be Aiden O'Connell just having a day. Aiden O'Connell just playing the game of his fucking life. This would maybe be, that's like the one thing where it's like, ah, it's Michigan's good. Odds are stacked. But, ah, you know, we got Aiden O'Connell. Like he could, he could do some things. The fucked up part is he's going to be getting abused, dude. He's going to get abused, bro. He's going to be running for his life all day. He's going to be, he's going to have pass rushers in his fucking grill from the first snap. I don't care how good you are at quarterback. We literally saw the same exact thing from CJ Stroud at Ohio state against this Michigan team. The last two times they've played, I don't care how good you are. I don't care how good your wide receivers are. You can have a nasty passing attack. Listen, when your offensive line is getting beaten up and there's guys in the backfield chasing after your QB every single time he drops back, it doesn't matter. It's not going to work. You may score some points. Ohio State scored some points, but it's going to catch up to you. There's just like, if you can't win up front, you're going to have a fucking tough time winning at all. And that's how Michigan beats everybody. That's how they've done it for the second straight year now. They beat you up front on offense, and then they've got guys like Blake Horam, Donovan Edwards, Ronnie Bell, J.J. McCarthy, who fucking maximize that beat, that win up front. And then they beat you up front defensively. And they've got guys like Will Johnson, D.J. Turner, Junior Colson, who maximize winning up front. Like, they beat you in the most important facet of the game. And then all the other players that don't matter quite as much, they're fucking sick too. They're way better than yours too. I just don't know how Purdue wins the game. I hope it's a good game. I hope Purdue wins. Again, I hope Aiden O'Connell throws for 520 tutties. Just knocking. I like, I just don't see how it does happen. Now, granted, the last time I said something similar to this was when Illinois was coming to town. I was like, dude, state just beat Illinois. How the fuck am I going to sit here and go, well, Illinois might just, and Illinois fucking damn well almost did it. Illinois damn near won that game. Illinois came fucking close to winning that game at the big house. I don't even really know how they did. A couple turnovers, their defense played their fucking balls off. I The only way Purdue has a chance is you have to absolutely stuff the run and you have to make J.J. cook you. And that was the one thing going into Ohio State where it was like, all right, Look, Michigan's really good, but if there is a reason to have a little doubt, if there is a reason that they will lose, it'll be because the run got stopped and J.J. McCarthy and the passing offense had to take over and they just didn't quite have it because that has been the only thing all season long for Michigan where it's, eh, well, maybe a little weakness. And then they come out against Ohio State and J.J. I think played the best game he's played at U of M. Hitting long balls, which he hasn't really done this year. Using his legs to make plays. Hitting the intermediates. Calm, cool, collected. Never got flustered. Even when they were down, never looked like he was pressing. And then the running game came along. Donovan Edwards popped for a few big ones. That would be the one thing is like, hey, Purdue, if you stuff the run, don't let Blake Horman and Donovan Edwards do anything and make J.J. do it all. All right, maybe. J.J. just cooked against Ohio State. And even still, dude. It's like Michigan is so good in the run game. I don't even know if like stuffing them exists. Like Illinois stuffed them. They still ran the ball well enough to kick all those field goals and win the fucking game. I thought Michigan State did a pretty good job against them. They still kicked enough field goals, scored enough points to get to 29. Like even the games where it's like, fuck, Michigan's offense kind of had a tough one. They still win. They still score enough to win. So I don't know. I hope it's a good game. Boiler the fuck up. Um, we'll see. Listen, if Michigan does win, maybe I'll make one regardless, but if Michigan does win, I can guarantee you the most gasoline. If you're a Michigan fan, you're still listening. The most fucking gasoline Michigan big 10 championship t-shirt you've seen in your life will be on the way in short order. You like the Hutchinson one last year, the victors, we are going to make that thing look like peanuts. The victors 2.0. If Michigan wins, 
fucking get ready, Michigan fans. All right. I appreciate everybody who listened today. Appreciate everyone who supports. And you know what? I appreciate everyone who supports. If you listen to me talk about Harbaugh and you're like, I disagree. I don't like that. I appreciate everyone who supports who, oh, dude, the guy who I like who went to Michigan State doesn't like something Jim Harbaugh did. I appreciate the people who can look at that and go, well, understand, like from it, you know, I get it from his perspective, but you know, I like him. So it's cool. I can appreciate the people who don't lose their fucking minds over me having an opinion. Means a lot to me. Anyways, hope everyone has a wonderful weekend. Thanks again. Uh, we'll see you next week.